a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Hey, welcome to everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show, Table Talk Radio, yeah, with baby. Evan Gigline and Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. You are not going to believe what what buzzword came up. First one on Theopedia. Oh. You are not going to believe it. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah. But in today's program... Hey, is that true what you said before the show? That we've raised $37 billion dollars? You know, for I, was, trip to I was just thinking about this before the show, that maybe we would raise more money from Madagascar if you weren't passive-aggressive about it. <laughs> That's the only strategy I know. I've been <laughs> studying stewardship lately. Oh, wait, wait. So, so wait. Avoid I think, I think, weren't we trying to... <laughs> Were we trying to do all the wrong ways of fundraising on Table Talk Radio? So we right, we, right. we tried to plead to people's consciences, and now we're going to just guilt people in. If you love Jesus, right. if you love the lost, you will send us money for our trip to Madagascar. Is that is that next week? We're going to be offering free anointed prayer rugs or something too. So. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the prosperity gospel thing. The Lord, you're gonna. It's a seed offering. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Seed offering. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But my buzzword is not seed offering. It's something different. It's about the same thing. But. Well, we should tell anyway, people that... Anyway, tell if, what if, we're if, doing, and then I can do the buzzword. Well, okay. Well, I was just going to say that, that in case they haven't heard, we, you and I are going to Madagascar. We're taking Table Talk Radio International <laughs> to, yeah, that's right. to, to the continent T-T-R-I. of Africa. Uh, into Madagascar. And if uh, the, the listeners would like to uh, help us in that endeavor, they can uh, go to tabletalkradio.org, click on the Donate button. And while they're checking out, just put in a little description thing saying Madagascar. And you will be sending us be away great. from America. All right. Uh, in today's program, we're going to be joined by Pastor Ryan Ogrodowitz down in Texas. Oh, that's right. And we're going to be playing a little Bible Bee and Book of Concord Bees. So this ought to be pretty good. Oh, man. <laughs> Stay tuned for this one. So, all right. What's your, what's your buzzword, Pastor Wolf? This is, not kidding, first Alt-R on Theopedia resulted in this, seeker-sensitive model. Nice. They That's are so relevant, man. The seeker-sensitive model refers to a modern approach to public worship and evangelism, whereby a church service is structured in a way that is sensitive to seekers, i.e., those interested or curious about church. 
When when did when did by the way we stop putting the word the in front of church? Remember we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. It's not it used to be be the church and now it's just be church. Anyway, I don't remember that. In other words, <laughs> church services are designed to appeal to the unchurched, non-Christian in an attempt to draw them into the church community where they might receive the gospel and be converted. This approach or model has become popular in an increasing number of American churches, perhaps most notably the Willow Creek Community Church, Saddleback Valley Community Church. Seeker-sensitive proponents include Bill Hybels. So your girl what's Bill Hybels, but has she got a big Bible? That's the most famous reference, by the way, to Bill Hybels. And Rick Warren. This philosophy is directly related to the so-called church growth movement, which I'm against, by the way, and secular ideas on, quote, how to market the church to the world around us. Now, that we do have we do have a biblical reference. I'm now I'm talking not Wikipedia, Theopedia, for the seeker sensitive uh, movement, and that is Romans uh, chapter three verse eleven, where it says, "There is none who understands, there is none who seeks after God." <laughs> Remember that part? Oh yeah, yeah. That, part of the that, that part of the Bible. That, that's probably where it says there's no such the thing as a seeker. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Okay, my oh, theological buzz secret senses will try to use that one. Oh, I I use it every day. Don't worry. Um, my theological buzzword for you is exegesis. It says biblical exegesis is a systematic process by which a person arrives at a reasonable and coherent sense of the meaning and message of a biblical passage. Ideally, an understanding of the original text, uh, Greek and Hebrew, is required. In the process of exegesis, a passage must be viewed in its historical and grammatical context with its time purpose of writing taken into account. This is often accommodated by asking questions like, who wrote the text and who is, in, it is intended readership? What is the context of the text? Who is, uh, what is the choice of words, wording, or words, uh, or the word or significant in this particular passage, to, things like this. So, uh, exegesis. This is, I think, the easier way to understand this is just uh, drawing meaning from the text, uh, so that, yeah. that that there's a there's an a, a intended understanding and an intended purpose for this particular passage, and we want to understand that meaning. The opposite of this is eisegesis, when we put our own meaning into the text or laid on top of the text. So I'll come along and say. Uh, well, I believe in uh, real presence, but uh, God can't be in the body and blood of, or can't be in the bread and wine because he's at the right hand of the Father, so it must be that we ascend to it. That's what he means when it says, this is my body, this is my blood. That that's, would be an example I thought of that's what we called the heresy two-step. Well, that too. Eisegesis is the heresy two-step. I, by the way, think of exegesis is the opposite of using the Bible like the magic eight ball. You know, there's, it'd be like saying... Um, you know, lion dancing. There's different forms of lion dancing. There's eisegesis, and one of the most popular ways of eisegesis is the heresy two step. Heresy two. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I need a Gantt chart. We're gonna go to the but... voicemail system at one eight hundred three eight five Sola because we have a fantastic voicemail. Which pastor? I want to get your response from. So here it is. 
All right, I haven't heard this one yet. Hello, Reverend Gentlemen. This is Eric X. Cathedra, former Boston Party founder and now the counselor of the secret Chicago cult of pure doctrine, which has not yet been approved because it's in the secret council of Table Talk Radio where you don't know if they love you or hate you. <laughs> anyway, I went on an online date recently, or a date with a girl Uh-oh. I met online, and to my horror realized I had scheduled it on Ash Wednesday. After texting her that I was betraying my Lord for her, she surprisingly agreed, and we decided we would go to a service and then go out for beer, which I think is quintessential Lutheran piety. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I found out shortly before the service she was from the UCC, and she was really curious about Lutheranism, which is not an ism. So after the pastor (laughs) broke her prideful self-esteem with ashes and telling her she was dust, which saved me the trouble, it usually takes me two or three days to do that. We went to a bar and over drinks, we ended up in a theological discussion, which is not really usual for me in the first date, but okay. Um, She mentioned that the sermon was interesting, but there wasn't enough confession, which I thought was really interesting since we did the full form of the confession. And then I realized or surmised that she probably didn't like it because there wasn't enough talk about social justice, which I mentioned to her. I don't think she liked that. In any case, we talked about the three uses of the law, what confessional means, the Book of Concord, the different views of sociology, like limited atonement, Pelagianism, decision theology, and the truth of the Lutheran view that God (laughs) saves a man damned. Um, She really just could not get past that we didn't make a decision for Christ. Um, She also couldn't get past the fact that it was just worthless (laughs) Um, it's the worthlessness of good works not done in Christ by pagans. Um, of course, she was from the UCC. But the strangest and saddest part was at the end when she said to me, she wasn't sure she was going to heaven, but it didn't really matter to her that much because what she did on earth was so much more important. And all, oh. all I could think of was Esau and a bowl of porridge. I, it was a fun date in full length, but I'm guessing she doesn't want another, and certainly I don't. Um, so uh, I know what the Lord says about not r- worrying about speaking before kings and rulers because the Spirit's supposed to guide you. Not sure about dates. I thought I could have done better. But anyway, until there's some cute Lutheran girls around um, who actually care about being Lutheran, which is like hunting snipes, I'm guessing I'll have to continue my own TCOP, the Pagan Chick Outreach Program. Any insider experience uh, on this, or at least a mockery of it? Continue the mediocrity. Eric X. Cathedra. Bye. (laughs) Eric is out. For a while there, I thought the secret Chicago... COPD might have two members, uh, but no, no, alas, no, 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 no it, it didn't work out. Came up short. So I, what is it? Though? I think that that pagan outreach. But what, what an amazing thing that's happening with your uh, cult of pure doctrine. That little did you know. Not only is this um, something born out of a, a district convention, which is interesting in of itself, in but it's itself, also yeah. becoming the matchmaker. It's like it's like the Walther League. This thing, this cult of pure doctrine. <laughs> this is see the the Boston when the Boston Beer Party broke up, it went into dispersion. This is uh, <laughs> this is like how the Lord prepared the world for the gospel. He dispersed the Jews, and there were synagogues everywhere. This is basically what's happening with the cult of pure doctrine now. Yeah, I mean, maybe on a little smaller scale, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit smaller scale. Well, keep Try swinging Eric. there, Eric. My favorite, uh, part, keep swinging. My favorite part was the when he said, it normally takes me three or four dates to break him down. But <laughs> the pastor did it in one fell swoop of ashes. I think that's great. You know, uh, first date to Ash Wednesday service. You might as well you know, just be open at the at the, at the the get-go, huh? Instead of one easing your way into it. One first date a year. Oh, yeah. There you go.
Well, there's always next year, Eric. Uh, Ash Wednesday is coming up again. You know, you might consider Good Friday, though. That Good Friday would be a good first date uh, also. So you'd have the potential to have two first dates a year. We're going to be playing Bileby right after this commercial break with Pastor Ryan Ogradowitz and also uh, Book of Concord B. Don't go away. You listen to Table Talk Radio. Pagan Outreach Chapter. For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. Hey guys, it's Pastor Gigline. I have a little project I'm working on for my church, and I'm looking for a volunteer that has some free time and some audio editing know-how who can help me out. If that's you, send me an email, evan at tabletalkradio.org, and I'll tell you all about it. Thanks. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. In uh, this segment of the program, we're joined by Pastor Ryan Ogrodowitz, pastor of Victory in Christ Lutheran Church, uh, Newark, Texas. Welcome back to the program, Ryan Ogrodowitz. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. I think last time we had you on, had you on, you were talking about the story, um, and now uh, to play Bible B and Book of Concord B. And um, I, I hear that Pastor Wolf Miller lost sleep last night at this at this encounter. So. What did I lose sleep about? Sorry, I was reading Facebook again. <laughs> you, about losing to Pastor Ogradowitz in Bible Bee. Oh, I did, huh? I, I lose to everyone. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> All right, well, the way this works is you give, in the round one, you get three verses. Round two, you get one verse. And around three, one word. And you have to try to identify what book of the Bible this is in. And then also, you can speak to law and gospel. Uh, an extra 200 points for law and gospel if you get the answer right. So we'll start with Pastor uh, Wolfmuller. Pastor Wolfmuller, you uh, no. Let's start. Let's start with Ogradowitz. That way, make him work. Yeah, that way I can come back like the white horse. I can, <laughs> I can, I can be down the whole time and then sneak up at the end and win the victory. <laughs> okay, claim the prize. <laughs> yeah, I all right, too. Pastor Ogradowitz, your three verses are as follows. That's good. It gives me some more time to read Facebook too. <laughs> is not Continue. is not my word like fire declares the Lord and like a hammer which shatters a rock. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who steal my words from each other. Behold, I am against the prophets, declares the Lord, who use their tongues and declare. The Lord declares. Behold, I am against those who have prophesied false dreams, declares the Lord, and and related them and led my people astray by their falsehoods and their reckless boasting. Yet I did not send them or command them. Nor did nor do they furnish this people the slighted benefits, declares the Lord. Oh man, oh man, okay. Um, <laughs> great passage. I'm thinking major prophets. Uh, in my mind, let's see. I reduced it to three: either Ezekiel, Isaiah, or Jeremiah. Um. Okay. I, I mean, this is this Jeremiah. is probably this is probably a verse that your people quote to you uh, rather frequently, isn't it, Pastor Ogradowitz? <laughs> they do. I always counter, but I had a vision. You don't understand. And that gets me <laughs> off the hook. 
Because <laughs> if you right. deny the vision, you're denying God. And so, well, yeah, I, standing I against Jeremiah. his anointed leader. <laughs> All right. So, what was your guess? I'm sorry, Pastor God. Uh, well, that's okay. That's okay. I was just thinking about my visions. Um, I, I think Jeremiah is what I'm going to go with. That is correct for 200 points. Oh boy! Yeah. Now, Ryan, here, would, here would we you, go. Would you say that that is law or gospel? Oh, I'd have to say law. <laughs> what what gave it say. away? <laughs> what that it's law or that I got the passage? Well, um, <laughs> that it's law. <sighs> you know, the the, the falsehood, the people buying into something that they shouldn't buy into, and God's threats coming down upon them for buying into false messengers that He neither commanded nor sent. You know, that's kind of a scary. Uh, proclamation to his people, hey, look, the prophet that you're buying into, who sounds really good and eloquent and, and has a radio show and all that, well, guess what? I didn't send him. <laughs> hey. And what? I feel personally insulted by that. <laughs> does does <laughs> does this uh, passage have any application today? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, w- without a doubt. Um, you know, I recently wrote a paper for my pals group and this passage came came up. You know, the idea that God sent oh. them, we think about <laughs> the Apostello in the New Testament, you know, him sending out the apostles with, you know, the apostles have a dem- divine command and commission to go and do their work, etc. But, yes, of course it does, because you hear people all the time, we were joking about this, who they claim to have a vision from God, right? And that gets them off the hook, because God spoke to them. And who are you to question you know, the dream I had last night after eating spaghetti or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, most definitely this still takes place, and we need to heed, heed this word today just as the Israelites needed to back then. All right. I say that's worth another 200 points. Bring the score to hmm. 400 to zero. But don't worry, Pastor Wolfman, you have your chance now with the following three verses. All right. Bring it on. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. For there is no limit to the treasure. Wealth from every kind of desirable object. She is emptied. Yes, she is desolate and waste. Hearts are melting and knees knocking. Also is in anguish the whole body, and all their faces are grown pale. There is a den of the lions and the feeding place of the young lions, where the lion, lioness, and lion's cub prowled with nothing to disturb them. Uh, and that's it. That comes from The Hobbit. <laughs> you got it. Well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Gotta be worth this, something. Sounds, this sounds Old Testamenty. Uh, plunder the gold and the silver. Um, this this would be like uh, what happens to the temple. I mean, the temple there is full. In fact, at Solomon's day, he had so much gold laying around that he was making shields out of it just so he would have a place to put it and hang them on the wall. It was crazy. Gold and Silver filled the streets and all this stuff, and then, but then uh, at the death of Solomon, really begins this decline of Israel, and chiefly at the hand of the Lord through the other opposing nations' armies. So the prophets will cry out for stuff like I mean, that's what I'm guessing is what's happening is that the Lord would is plunder is talking about the plundering, the punishment and plundering of Jerusalem, according to His promise. Remember, God says to, uh, through Moses, if they if they kept His laws, they do well. If they didn't, they'd be deprived and desolate. They'd be deported and destroyed. And this sounds like the the, the desolation. Um, 
of Jerusalem. So I'm going to guess, you know the prophet who talks about lions a lot is Amos? So I'm going to just guess Amos, the prophet Amos. Oh, man. <laughs> I for sure I had that one. Oh, you were close. Uh, Nahum. Nahum is the, the prophet you were looking for. That would have been my second hey. or fifth guess. Now, just for the fun of it, because you can't get any points now, would you say that's law or gospel? <laughs> yeah, that's law. Well, see, it's, it's, it's law in this—it's it's a preaching of repentance. So the, the Lord sends the prophets to say, hey, look it. The Lord is going to send the pagan nations, and they are going to demolish you. Now, but here, look— there, there's, there's two different things that the Lord sends. First, he sends the prophets to warn the people, and then he sends the pagan armies to destroy the people. Now, So that we see the fact that he just doesn't send the armies in to wallop them, but instead warns them through the prophets is, in fact, a great gift. Because if the people were to heed the prophets and repent, then the Lord himself would relent of the disaster that he wants to cause them. So, uh, so we see in the, it's a preaching of the law, but it's done, it's done for the purpose of bringing about the gospel. It's just that your answer isn't good for the bringing out of points um, because you have to get it right in order to get points. So that's not worry. I'm coming from behind. Let's here. go. I'm, I got them just where I want them. So oh, and so round one is worth 100 points. To, so it's 300 to zero, uh, Pastor Rogrodowitz. Now here is your round two if you're ready. Okay, go. I'm ready. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the great, um, dare I say, the chief epistle, the book of Romans, Romans 6. <laughs> that, that is correct. Even got the chapter. That's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> would you say that's, that's law or gospel? Oh, man. You know, gospel... Um, and the, the only reason for my hesitation is that you also hear in that dead to sin, that, that sin kills, that the wages of sin is death, which is also spoken in the book of Romans. And so, you know, the, the first part of that, if you just kind of pluck that out of context, it would remind everybody of God's proclamation that the wages of sin is death, it has corrupted all men, it's a sickness that we cannot heal ourselves from, etc. But... Paul is really bringing it home. I mean, that's when he's talking about the baptismal life, the baptismal union to the to the, the, uh, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So I'm going to go with gospel. We are dead. Our flesh has been crucified with Christ. He has killed it on the cross. And as he lives, we live with him. Gospel is my answer. For another 200 points, bringing your score to an even 700 and uh, we're going to continue this game of Bible Be Rad for this commercial break, uh, where Pastor Wolfman will get his round two, uh, hoping to get on the board here on Table Talk oh, Radio. Yeah. If you have comments or questions for us, you can email us, questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can give us a, a, an email, questions, or, did I say that already? <laughs> questions at tabletalkradio.org, or our, our voicemail system is one 800 385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652 is the number. We have a, a, a trip to Madagascar planned, and we would uh, like it if you could help us a little bit to pay for that trip. And uh, if, if, you, if you're led by the Spirit to do so, you can <laughs> head on over to our website at tabletalkradio.org. No, we're anti-mysticism <laughs> until, it's, uh, until there's money on the line. I think we're all for it. 
I thought you were talking directly to Ryan Agronowitz there. Oh, yeah. Him for Did cash. you think I was talking to the listeners? No, Ryan, we're going to Madagascar. <laughs> and if you would mind going to tabletalkradio.org and clicking on the donate button, we would appreciate it. <laughs> I feel led by the spirit to say no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that's not the same spirit that we are. Yeah, All right. That's right. Uh, Pastor Agronowitz has, has been to Madagascar before. What? That's right. Everyone's been yeah. but you, Pastor Wolfman. I know it. It's yeah. true. <laughs> okay. We need to go to a commercial break, and then round two of Bible Bee right after this. You're listening to the one, the only, Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right? Seven hundred to zero is the score here on Table Talk Radio. Playing the game Bible B with Pastor Ryan Agrodowitz and Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. And uh, Pastor Wolfmuller is waiting for his round two, hoping he can get oh, something, yeah. something on the board here. Oh yeah. Let's see. I got to find that little book that <laughs> Looking for Esther, huh? It's one of these little ones. It's just not oh, one that you, you. you turn on to really easily, you know. It's, it's here Like somewhere. Romans. It's sometimes it's hard to find Romans. It's hard <laughs> where, to recognize where Bible is passages Genesis from anyway. Romans. I, I know uh-huh. Genesis is around here somewhere. <laughs> That's all right. I, I'm I'm going to make the comeback in Book of Concord B. I might just stall till then. I haven't figured out exactly my strategy. I'm going to wait till I hear this next verse and then decide. But <laughs> if I want to get it right or not, you just make it, just stretch it out. Just stretch. Yeah, it out. that's right. That's right. Okay. Are you yeah, ready? I'm ready. Round oh, yeah. your round are, two is are you ready? this. Therefore. Though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do that which is proper, dot, dot, dot. That's the end of verse. Oh, man. You get half a sentence. That sounds New Testament-y, <laughs> since the word Christ is there. Uh, that uh, Christ shows up in the Old Testament, but it's normally translated the anointed one because of the Hebrew Messiah. It's Christos in the Greeks there, so... Now, so I was I was waiting for like the object of the sentence or some subject of the sentence, and it didn't actually come up in this verse. So that, you're gonna have to give it to me again. That's unfortunate because that would have helped. It would have been it nice have. if the guy that did the verses knew Greek, so he knew not to split up verses. Right. Anyway, um, therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do that which is proper. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, uh, this the writer of this this sentence fragment. He's speaking to a church, uh, and he says, and he's gonna get, he's gonna give a, an alternative. He says, "Look, I could do this, but I'm not going to. So I have enough authority in Christ to say, hey, do this. But I'm not gonna come to you in strength, but rather I'm gonna come to you in weakness.' Now, uh, who who really had to speak a lot like this was Saint Paul, because everywhere where Paul went, his apostleship was questioned." The guys came from Jerusalem and said, hey, look, we're real Jews. Is that Paul? He's not a real Jew. He, he's teaching a false gospel because he just says you can be a Christian without you know, being circumcised, etc. And, so, and besides, he's not a real apostle like Peter and all the other guys who we came from. So, so Paul was always having to defend his authority and his apostleship. And, um, 
and, and this sort of thing, uh, and uh, makes him a bit defensive sometimes. Now, who he really will talk about? So, so I'm going to guess this is Paul. Now that limits it to about thirteen, fifteen letters in the New Testament. Uh, the way he really will have to talk about this weakness versus strength thing is when he's writing to the Corinthians. Uh, it's especially the Corinthians had this problem, doubting that Paul was an apostle. And he says, I could come to you in strength, but I don't want to. So that's First or Second Corinthians. And I think that Paul will speak this way to the Corinthians in his first epistle to the Corinthians. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is an incorrect answer. Oh, man. You are looking for Philemon, verse 8. And let let me read verses 8 and 9 together. Therefore, though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do that which is proper, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about Philemon. That's where Paul's in jail and Onesimus, the... um, uh, no, no, the Philemon is the slave. Which is the slave and which is the... Uh, yeah, Onesimus anyway, is the slave. O- Onesimus is the slave, and he runs away from Philemon, and so Paul sends Onesimus back to his master with this letter, which says, receive him with joy. Don't don't punish him for running away. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Would that be law or gospel? Who? Well, it's not the promise of the gospel, of the forgiveness of sins. Um, nor is it the command to love. If, if Paul is describing what he's doing, I, I mean, he's really saying, I could, be, I could be demanding, but I'm not. Instead, I'm going to appeal to your kindness. Um, I'm not sure if that's either <laughs> law or gospel. I'm not going to... What is your thing there? That's how we do our fundraising. Yeah, that's right. Is that what you're thinking about? <laughs> that's right. Okay. Uh, Pastor Gladys, it's time for your last round of Bible B. Which, I, de- I decided, by the way, to throw that last round so I can sneak up on this next one. Ooh, so, good, uh, good. That's Boy, my that, new that strategy. That was a tough one. Good I, I gotta say, I gotta say, I was thinking one of the Corinthians too. Second um, Corinthians eleven, he really goes into a defense of his apostleship. I know. So, all right, but I'm ready. Okay. All so, right, your one word oh, to dis- discern what book of the Bible it comes from is the word ladder. ladder. Well, the only one I can think of, of course, um, Jacob's ladder ascending into heaven. And so I'm going to go with Genesis. That is correct for another 300 points. Now, you'll have to just, rather than talking about the word, talk about that account um, of Jacob's ladder. Is that law or gospel? Oh, well, you think ladder... Um, access into the heavenly courts, something only God can do, that's going to be gospel, certainly. And even God speaking to Jacob in that dream, I don't have the text right in front of me, but gospel is is what I'm going to go with that. You know, I I've just I think this is rele- relevant to it as well. I've heard some people say when Christ says in John chapter 3, angels ascending and descending, they have made a comparison that, like the ladder of Jacob, we have access on that ladder, if you will, access to heaven um, by, by, by Christ, which is what he is testifying to in, in John chapter 3, 
when he talks about the ascending and descending. No one has ascended into heaven and descended except the Son of Man. So, uh, yeah, all that to say, gospel. Gospel it is. So another 200 points, bringing your score to 1,200 Table Talk That's Radio nothing. points. And now, Pastor Wolf, another for your... I eat 1,200 points for breakfast. <laughs> for your one-word clue... Bring it on. It is the word enumeration. So I'm thinking about uh, really coming back to this game uh, in Book of Concord B, just in case you're wondering about my strategy. But I'll play along. Mm -hmm. Enumeration is a word that appears in the Bible uh, (laughs) in a verse. One time, by the way. It does, just once? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we normally think of enumeration theologically when we talk about the enumeration of sins. That's uh, we talk against the enumeration of sins because the Catholic Church requires such things in confession. But I don't think that's what this is talking about. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> I think probably the enumeration that you're looking at there is is about counting something, and um, and there's a couple of books about counting things. Uh, there's um there's the Church Growth Church favorite book, uh, Numbers, which does a lot of counting. <laughs> Get it? See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Why aren't you? You should be laughing. Agronowitz is probably look, rolling on the floor. Yeah, he is. I, <laughs> I'm sure. There's, there's also uh, times where David, for example, will count things, and um, and uh, and he gets in trouble for that by doing a census. Um, but I'm gonna guess. I'm not. I'm not gonna go for the obvious guess numbers or the next obvious guess. I think you're trying to trick, which would be David. That'd be like Second Samuel. I'm going to go for the book of Psalms. Hmm. It's a good guess. It's wrong, but it was a good oh. guess. <laughs> you were looking for First Chronicles, and oh. wherein the 27th chapter would say, Now this is the numeration of the sons of Israel, the heads of the fathers' households, the commanders in thousands and of hundreds, and their officers who served the king and the affairs of the divisions which came in and went out month by month throughout all the months of the year, each division numbering 24,000. Oh, and it goes in that nice. long list, yeah. Yeah. Law gospel on that, Pastor Wolf. Yeah, know? well, I, you, it, I suppose it's going to be gospel. You've got to wind around a little bit to get there because the Lord, remember, promises to Adam and Eve that their seed would, uh, would crush the devil's heel. No, head. Uh, and um, and so along with that promise of the seed, the Lord expands it to Abraham and gives them the promise of the land and the people. And so all this enumeration and all these genealogies and everything is really the, um, in fact, if we could see it this way, it's the Lord keeping his promise to, Ab- to Abraham, all for the sake of this promised seed, Jesus. So we've got to wind around a little bit, but I suppose in the end, if it's going to be either law or gospel, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be gospel. All right, you got it. Now, let's play a little game that I like to call Book of Concord B. Oh, yeah. Now, well... This is where I just tear it up. <laughs> as, as I look at the time clock, we have 45 seconds for our next, uh, next break. Uh, so maybe just to, uh, to talk a little bit about the Book of Concord. The Book of Concord is a collection of documents um, that was uh, finalized in 1580, which is, which is our Lutheran Confessions. And includes documents such as the three ecumenical creeds, the Augsburg Confession, the Apology. You have a small called, a small and large catechism, and the formula. 
and the tr- the treaties too. Did I miss any? I think that's all of them, right? I there. think that's right. Ten of them. So, uh, so yeah, ten documents in the Book of Concord. And uh, if you are a confessional Lutheran, you subscribe unconditionally to the Book of Concord as a correct exposition of Holy Scripture, not a document that goes above Scripture, but a document, uh, a book of documents that um, accurately describes what the Scriptures say. So we uh, bind ourselves to them for that reason. So uh, that's what we'll be discussing the next segment of the program. We'll do it just like we did Bible B, three rounds, uh, a little bit of uh, Book of Concord text in each round, and then Pastor Agrodowitz and Pastor Wolf Miller will be trying to guess where it appears in the Book of Concord. You are listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back this commercial break. All right. Keeping Luther rolling in his grave since 2008. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Oh, yeah. Final segment of the program. Don't worry, listener, you're almost there. <laughs> I better get to it. It's time for round that music one now. of Bible B. Pastor Ogrodowicz, you get the first crack at it. Are you ready for for your first round? I think, yeah, I think so. Okay, it says, Thus the patriarchs, too, were justified not through the law, but through the promise and faith. It's incredible that the, that the opponents belittle faith so much, although they see it praised everywhere as the foremost act of worship, as in Psalm 50. Call on me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. This is how God wants to become known and worshipped, that we receive (laughs) blessings from him, and indeed, that we receive them on account of his mercy and not on account of our merits. This is the richest consolation in all afflictions, which the opponents destroy when they trivialize and disparage faith, and only teach people to deal with God through works and merits. All right, and I have to, I have to name the document, right? Correct. Oh, man. Good luck. It sounds a little spicy. It's giving a good defense of uh, justification. I'm going to go with the apology. The apology, the Augsburg Confession, is correct. Article 4. <sighs> So you write about Article Four about justification. Say a few words about that, if you would, Pastor. Oh yeah, justification. Well, against any Roman position that's trying to smuggle in, you know, works as that which can merit something from God. The biblical doctrine and teaching of justification is God declaring the wretched, corrupted sinner to be righteous and forgiven for the sake of Christ. Savior who belongs to us by that gift of faith. That's great. So another 200 points for you, bring you to a score of 1,400. You better not miss. You lose, you lose all your points if you get one wrong. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> all right, Pastor Wolfman, are you ready for your round who one? Who makes the rules around here? Yeah, I'm ready. With such patently false arguments, they defend a law that is ungodly and destructive to good morals. With such reasons as these, they persuade the princes to take a position contrary to the judgment of God, 
who will call them to account for dissolving marriages and for torturing and killing priests. Have no doubt, that is, the blood of dead Abel cried out, so that the blood of many innocent victims will cry out that they had been justly and cruelly violated. God will avenge this cruelty. Then you will discover how empty the opponent's reasoning is, and you will understand that in the judgment of God, no perversion of God's will will stand. As Isaiah says, all people are grass. Uh, their, Their continency is like the flower of the field. Uh, This is uh, someone railing against the Pope, which happens probably about every other sentence in the Book of Concord. Uh, That was the chief opponent of the time. But here it's going off, which it rarely does what it does here, and it goes off of the theological topics and in fact says, look at uh, we're, we're fighting these guys theologically, but they're busy fighting with the sword. You know, they're fighting back with all sorts of coercive measures, killing people and doing all sorts of things, forbidding marriage. In fact, the the most quoted Bible passage in the Book of Concord is the passage from First Timothy, which talks about how the Antichrist will forbid marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, where this comes to a high point, a crescendo, is in the small called articles and then in the little uh, treatise that's written, uh, to, appended to the small called articles, called The Power and Primacy of the Pope. And I think that's where this uh, quotation comes from, The Power and Primacy of the Pope. That is incorrect. <sighs> uh, you were looking for the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, oh. namely... Article 23 on the marriage of priests. Oh. Question. That is rough. I'm sorry, Pastor Wolfman there. All right. Pastor Pastor Ogradowitz, are you ready? Well, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Likewise, we also reject and condemn the error of the enthusiasts who contrive the idea that God draws people to himself, enlightens them, makes them righteous, and saves them without means, without the hearing of God's word, even without the use of the holy sacraments. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> this is fun. I like this Yeah, game. oh yeah, you love this game. Oh yeah. <laughs> Boy, um, can you read it again? You bet I can. (laughs) Likewise, we also reject and condemn the error of the enthusiasts who contrive the idea that God draws people to himself, enlightens them, makes them righteous, and saves them without means, without the hearing of God's word, even without the use of the holy sacraments. Pastor Agratos is just now realizing he's not supposed to do that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. Conscience. Boy, I got it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't vision cast anymore. Yeah. Um. Boy, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth between um, two documents, but I, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go with the formula of Concord. Ooh. Yeah. Bold choice. <laughs> That is correct. Yeah, oh. That was the uh, Article 2 on free will in the epitome. Yeah, ah, so you got it. Way to go. 
Ugh. All right, Pastor Wolf. <laughs> Are you ready for 20,000 points? I'm ready. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Another 200 points for Pastor Godowitz. Brings them to 1,600 Table Talk Radio points. I think right. uh, you're firmly in the lead there, uh, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, what are you talking about? Here you go. Here, here's, your, wait. here's your round two. Um, Just wait. Above all else, therefore, our young people should be strictly required and trained to hold this as well as the other commandments in high regard. Whenever they violate them, we must be after them at once with a rod, confront them with a commandment, and continually <laughs> impress it upon them, so that they may be brought up not merely with punishment, but with reverence and fear of God. Yeah, there you go. Uh, talking about being obedient to the commandments is uh, something that comes into the more practical uh, uh, parts of the Book of Concord, and that would be the catechisms, the small one and the large one. Uh, Luther will talk about training children quite a bit in the large catechism, which is especially directed towards parents and pastors, and say, hey, we want to train the kids this way so that they learn uh, to fear and love the Lord. So we do it kindly when we can do it kindly, and if we can't do it kindly, then we uh, we can't neglect that duty to train the children. I am going to guess, what is the large catechism? Hey, with that, Pastor Wolfman is on the board with two points. Twenty thousand <laughs> points. Oh, but there's one more round here in Book of Concord B, and uh, this first goes to Pastor Ogrodowitz. Your round three is as follows: Concerning church order, they teach that no one should publicly teach, or no one should teach publicly in the church or administer the sacraments unless properly called. Oh, he's stuffed. He doesn't know what to do. He's totally panicking. Don't worry. There's only like 17 people listening. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to go with the uh, the Augsburg Confession. That is correct. Way to go. I thought I I was in your head. What What does that mean, Pastor Ogradowitz? Rite Vocat. Oh, my goodness. The Rite Vocat as well. It means at the very least, at the very least, that whoever is, is preaching and teaching and administering the sacraments needs to have a right and orderly call um, to prevent chaos and all sorts of shenanigans taking place in the Church of God. So um, there is order that goes about calling um, a servant a servant to preach and to teach. So this, uh, you know, does go against any any Romish idea, at, especially at that time, that only a Roman priest could could be a pastor and properly teach, etc. And, and here come the Lutherans saying, no, as long as they're properly called, they can preach and teach the gospel. But even though we say one of our pastors can do this work, we also don't want to promote disorder and um, you know have everybody claiming they can do this. There needs to be some structure about it. And so there we have this. If someone is properly called in decency and order, they can proclaim the gospel and consecrate uh, the sacraments for God's people. Thank you. All right, we have about a minute left. Pastor Wolfman, your round three is this. Oh, yeah. We maintain that we should baptize children because they also belong to the promised redemption that was brought about by Christ. The Church ought to extend it to them. 
Uh, I think that's true, by the way. I agree. You agree. Okay, good. <laughs> we talk about baptizing babies in uh, the Augsburg Confession, the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, the Large Catechism. Uh, did I guess Large Catechism and get it right last time? Yes. I think you're trying to trick me by doing the same thing twice, but I'm not going to fall for it, and I'm going to say the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. Boom! Eh. I'm sorry. This is found in the small called articles concerning <laughs> infant baptism. <laughs> so that is incorrect. Oh, so terrible. the final what score, a, 1,800 to 200. Pastor Ogradowitz wins. Oh, hey, thanks for joining us on the program, Pastor Ogradowitz. You're very welcome. My record is it's perfect. It's intact. Yeah, one and zero. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like sitting between Evan and I for 32 hours as we fly to Madagascar. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.